Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tamati here at Pushing the Limits and welcome back. I have a solo cast for you today and it's all going to be around running tips, some of my favourite uh, tips and advice to help you whether you're an absolute beginner runner or perhaps very experienced but still want to pick up the old trick or two. Um, before we get underway, I just wanted to let you know about my Mindset Academy. Um, this is something that I've released in the uh, last couple of months and I'm very, very uh, pleased to be able to bring you this. This is a an online e-course all about how to develop uh, mental toughness, so mental strength, resilience, leadership skills, how to overcome obstacles, goal setting, um, it's all around motivation and focus, uh, everything for a winner's mindset. So if you think you could do better in some areas of your life, you want to control your thought processes better, you want to learn some techniques, tips and tricks on how to control your mindset and how to achieve extraordinary goals and challenges that you have before you, whether you're a student or whether you're uh, in the corporate scene or perhaps as an athlete, then uh, I'd love you to check out my new Mindset Academy and see if it's something for you. You can find out all about it at lisatamati.co.nz forward slash podcast. And it's an all online, it's a rollicking adventure of a ride. It's not your dry, boring theory. It's all of the experiences and you get to meet some amazing people that are also helping me teach this course, the likes of uh, Sir John Kerwin, who talks about depression and mental health and well-being, um, then through to uh, adventurers like Naresh Kumar from India, who grew up in extreme poverty, overcame that to become a Silicon Valley entrepreneur in the tech space, and then threw it all in to become a three-footed adventurer and all the, the crazy adventures he had in his life. Uh, through to people like Samuel Gibson, a friend of ours who died unfortunately last year, but whose attitude to life was inspirational, right through to people like Dean Carnassus. So all of these people have contributed to this uh, uh, e-course and it's a real rollicking adventure, fun ride to, to learn and to actually you know, learn some of the skills from people who have been there and done that and lived to tell the tale. Um, hopefully we can shortcut some of the, the things for you so that you learn uh, all those skills that are so important for success in life. Now, to get back onto the show, um, I'm really, yeah, I think this is well overdue to do a podcast on this. Um, and I really uh, want to help you as a runner, uh, if you're just beginning, you know, especially, but also for those who are experienced, some tips and tricks that I've learned along the way that can really help you shortcut. You know, when I started ultra marathon running some 25-something years ago, um, you know, we really had to pioneer uh, and um, just try things out and, you know, it was a bit of hit and miss and I wish I'd had a coach way back then who could teach me the stuff I know now, uh, some of the shortcuts so that I wouldn't have to reinvent the wheels, so that I wouldn't get so many injuries, so that I wouldn't get into overtraining, burnout and all those horrible things. So I'm going to share a few of my favourites with you now. And I hope you enjoy them. They're in no particular order. They're all ad hoc as they sort of came out of and fell out of my brain. Um, so <laughs> I hope you can make some sense out of it. Um, the first one we'll get on to is um, making time for your workouts. So we're all, t you know, busy people. And, and so many times with our athletes, we hear, oh, I'm too busy to train. I haven't got enough time in the day. I've got... 
uh, careers and kids and husbands and wives and, and things that I have to take care of and I haven't got time. Really, that is an excuse. There, I, I know some of the busiest people I know and I know I'm extremely busy and I still find time to prioritise my training. I don't put it down the list because it's all a matter of where you put your training and your fitness regime in your priority list. If it's right up near the top and you think this is an important enough investment in my health, then you will find the time. And that doesn't mean, okay, if you can't find a, you know, a whole hour to go for a run, that's fine. It's about finding the five minutes, about finding the ten minutes, about getting up from your desk in between uh, hours in the office and getting up and walking five flights of stairs. It's finding those segments in, in within the day that can actually contribute to your fitness and it's it's making it a part of your identity it's making it a part of your regular routine so if that's a, a an excuse that comes up in your brain that I haven't got enough time everybody can find 10 to 15 minutes and I can tell you when I go to if I'm really really short and I go and I get in my training gear and I'll do a warm-up and then I will get straight into a really high intensity a uh, short, quick workout. If that's all I've got time for, I can tell you I can be on the bones of my ass within 10 minutes, absolutely panting, out of breath and completely stuffed and that's it for the day. That's all I need to do. So uh, it depends on how you approach things. If you uh, have a shorter amount of time, then maybe a more intense workout might be the one for today. But even if it's a going for a walk in the park for 10 minutes, it will benefit your health and all of these little incremental things that we do will benefit us in the long run if we can prioritise that. Um, so the next one I wanted to get on to is, um, um, oh, yeah, so this is uh, something for when you're running on the roads, road runners, right? We're all out there pounding the pavements on the roads. We'd like to be on trails perhaps put more, but this is a usual part of our day. Just a, a quick thing. When you have traffic on a main street that's coming at you, make sure that you're running against the traffic. By that, I mean so that the traffic, you can see what's happening, so that you can react. Don't run with the traffic where you can't see if the if the guy in the car has actually noticed you. Uh, if you're running against the traffic, you can make a judgment call. Is that car getting too close? Is that going too fast? Can I, do I have to jump out of the way? <coughs> and by the same token, when you're running for long hours, obviously I've run many long hours on roads, um, uh, don't go to sleep at the wheel just like you wouldn't in a car don't go to if you're very um, tired and fatigued just make sure that you if you're doing a long road run that you either have someone out there with you that can keep an eye on things or keep an eye on your behavior so that you're not like a stumbling runner all over the show and just make sure you're, you're safe and on that note, it's really good to have a reflective vest. I don't care whether it's day or night. If you're on the main roads with all the traffic that's around now, make sure you have some sort of reflective vest or high visibili uh, visibility vest on you so that you don't get run over. On my run through New Zealand, I had a couple of really close calls where I actually got hit, but not uh, fortunately not uh, causing injuries and not with at major speed. But if I hadn't, um, you know... I wasn't paying attention enough and, you know, that sort of thing can happen. So we want to avoid that. The next tip I wanted to get onto is all about warming up and cooling down and why this is extremely important. We've all heard it. We should warm up more. And then we think, oh, I've only got a really short time. I'm just going to run out the door and go for it. Y you don't do your body any favors when you just rush out the door, tie your shoelaces up and go. 
we, we risk higher ra- rates of injury. It also makes the body feel like it's just been shocked. It can be grueling those first 20 minutes if you haven't warmed up properly and you're going out of the gate like a bull. It's really good idea to warm the heart rate up, get it going in, the, in your warm-up phase. So it's all about... Um, Getting full range of motion going in the joints, waking the muscles up, slowly bringing your heart rate up to speed so that it's ready for the workload. Getting a bit of heat generated, maybe getting the sweat glands going so that you're actually ready for the for the battle of your run, if you like, for the for the core part of the session. So if you can just take time out to do that, and that's dynamic stretching, that's the likes of squats and 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 lunges. It's uh, whatever that can get your heart rate up without blowing you to pieces. And when you do start to go for your run, it's a really good idea just to jog really, really slowly, even walk for a couple of minutes, then get into a jog, and then get into your running routine, okay? And that warm-up, if you do that, you'll find um, more motivation to get out the door because if you're going out and you're actually, you know, you've come, you might have been sitting in the office all day or in a car or whatever, and suddenly you've got to go into high mode you know we're not made for that and it can stress the body it can shock the body so it's best to just get it warmed up and get up to operating temperature so to speak it's just like you wouldn't you know race a motor that's been cold straight up to high revs you warm it up you give it a bit of time to to get the juices flowing so to speak and by the same token your cool down is a really important part of that now when it comes to doing static stretches i don't really recommend doing too many in the warm-up it's more your dynamic stretches your more your range of motion exercises but in your cool down that's where you've got the chance to do some static stretching to lengthen out those muscles that you've just made shorter and to cool and calm the body down and to let the body know that it's now time to uh, finish up with that workload. So make sure you get that uh, warm-up and cool-down sorted. The next tip I wanted to bring you is all about working hard and hydrating correctly. So we're all told, we all know that we have to hydrate and drink our so-called eight glasses of water a day. I think that's probably not enough for most of us. But most of us aren't getting enough water um, and this is especially true if you're training uh, on a regular basis and, and training hard and sweating hard. You have to be really vigilant that you're hydrating enough. By the same token, many runners who are told, we have to hydrate, we have to hydrate, you've heard all this before, you can actually overhydrate. And that's uh, when that happens, that's called hyponatremia. And when you're doing a long run and you get hyponatremia, you get water retention, what's actually happening there is that you've drunken too much water in relation to the electrolytes in the body. So you've diluted the electrolytes and you can have all sorts of dramas. Some nasty things can happen. Um, it can even lead to fatalities, hyponatremia in extremes in cases. And a lot of the symptoms are the same as dehydration. So just make sure that if you do run into troubles, you're starting to feel weak, lethargic, tired, no energy, like someone's pulled the plug on you, just check in with yourself. Is it your blood sugar levels? Is it your hydration? Are you overhydrated? Are you underhydrated? Keep an eye on how long ago since you urinated, what colour your pee is, all of that sort of good stuff. What I do when I'm doing super long races and hot climates is sip, 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 nibble, nibble, nibble. So that means that I'm constantly taking on small amounts of fluid, not a big rush at one time, not a whole glass at once, just a sip, 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 
And by the same token, nibble, nibble, nibble. That way I keep my stomach half full, so never completely empty and never completely full. I don't let it get too empty because when I go and tip in a whole glass of water on an empty stomach, that can cause a whole lot of dramas as well and digestive upsets. So by keeping the stomach half full, you're sort of like dripping the fuel in and it's dripping out the other end of your stomach, hopefully into your system so that you can stay on top of your game as you run for hours on end if you're doing ultras or marathons or anything of that um, sort of thing. So hydrate. Now, hi water is responsible in our body for literally thousands of metabolic processes. And often we are dehydrated, not only over the short term, but really dehydrated over months and over years. And this is especially true for people, uh, for older people. Um, the elderly don't tend to drink enough. And, and, and I've noticed that uh, with my parents, for example, if they're not drinking enough, their performance drops massively cognitively and physically and they're unable to function um, in fact mum will you know uh, after her aneurysm she would get delirium if she was dehydrated so it's that important to keep your body hydrated now for the rest of us it's really it's it does things like not only for your sweat glands but lubricating your joints and your ligaments and your tendons it's helping uh, the blood not be too thick so you've got enough water so you can transport your oxygen and your blood to your working muscles and your organs so make sure you're hydrating really really well but not overdoing it and if you are overdoing it get some more electrolytes into you so i really highly recommend having electrolytes too if you are training uh, hard on a daily basis don't just use them on race day use them in your training as well um, you can get things like the likes of elite drops e-l-e-t-e -E, or cmd drops which i often put in my water just throughout the day to make sure that i'm getting my electrolyte intake balanced as well um, next uh, we'll go on to the torque test now this is something that most of us have heard but for new beginner runners uh, this is especially important you don't want to be going out if you're like absolute newbie and i and i've had so many you know, people who haven't started running yet and they come to me and they go, I can't run. I can't even run to the leather box. I, I, I get out of breath within 200 metres. I'm so unfit. Um, I, I don't know how to do it. And, and they think that running, you have to run at a certain speed. You have to go out of the gate fast and you have to stride out long and, and all of these things that um, are incorrect. Now, if they were just taken back through the basics for starters, uh, keeping a control on your breathing so nice and smooth it, you might not be able to follow a, a breathing formula of breathing in for four and out for five or that type of thing but what is important is that you're not getting into that panicky state so what I recommend is just running and walking and doing that as a combination for starters walk for a power pole then maybe run for a power pole then walk for a power pole calm your body down again give it a chance to recover and then have another go don't let that breathing get out of control and you'll find that you'll start to be able to increase the speed and the, the time that you're actually running very, very quickly. Another point to note is that the first 20 minutes of anybody's run are usually the hardest because the, once again, the body's not ready for it. It's warming up. It's still getting there. And those can be the most grueling parts of a run. So people often go, oh, you know, I spend 10 minutes on a treadmill and I hate it and it's awful and it's just so hard and I don't know how you run for hours. And I think, well, actually the first 20 minutes are the toughest and after that it gets a whole lot easier. So if you can get through that first initial phase and not 
chuck it in, then you'll probably find that you start to enjoy running and it actually becomes a, a bit more joyous and a bit more of a runner's high and all of those sort of good things. So the other thing I see a lot of absolute beginners making a mistake is uh, overstriding. So they might be running along like looking like Usain Bolt for 100 metres and then wonder why they can't keep that up. Well, you, you can't. You've got to start with very small. I start people on with baby steps. And by that, I mean like tiny wee little, uh, little, little trot along steps because that's a way to break you into the running, the, the running motion, okay, without getting terrified about it. And then just slowly building that up, okay? And uh, so smaller, cut your, sh your strides back, control your breathing. If you're getting out of breath, it's okay to walk. Use walking as a part of your build-up strategy. I tell you, you, you'll probably go from running, you know, just one or two minutes to running a half an hour straight without finding it too stressful within a few weeks if you follow that sort of strategy. Now, when you are running, you should be able to do the torque test. And this is like foundation building. I'm not talking about interval training. I'm not talking about speed work. I'm not talking about those people who are experienced and want to get, you know, uh, certain PBs and all the rest of it. I'm talking about when you're starting out that most of your training should be done in a level uh, where you can still talk to a friend who is running next to you and not get completely out of breath. Now, it should be a little bit hard. It should be like having to, you know, take a breath in between each few um, sentences, but it should not be too laboured while you're building that foundation. When you can get all fancy later on and do lots of uh, intervals and, and speed work and all the rest of it, uh, but when you are starting out, build up that foundation and use that talk test to get you going. Um, when you are a beginner as well, don't think in kilometres. I'm going to go out and run five kilometres. Think in time segments. Uh, think in minutes. And use little tricks to help you go a little bit further. Oh, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to run just that little bit further to that power pole down there and then I'll walk. Or then I'll stop or whatever. It, 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 it's helping you use little goals to get slightly further and slightly further. Um, and don't think in, in whole kilometres. Oh, you know, I want to do five kilometres today might might be for you uh, a mission impossible. But if you go out and thinking, I'm just going to run 20, meters, uh, 20 minutes and I'm going to walk run it and I'm going to do it as I see possible and I'm not going to get myself into a, a severely distressed state, this way you can build yourself into this routine. You should also not be building your actual mileage or your kilometrage or whatever you want to call it um, more than 10% per week. Do not expect to see improvement week on week on week. Keep going in the blind faith that you are improving your body, you are making it fitter and don't expect to do PBs every week. It doesn't work like that. You need to, you need to just do the work Look at it in maybe three months' time to see how far you've come. Then you'll see some, some benefits. Don't expect every run to get better and easier. That's just not how it works. Y you will find that you will go up and then you'll go down and then you'll plateau and then you'll up again. And this is you know, where uh, a coach can help come into it and help guide you through that process and help you, you know, get over those stumbling blocks and those times where you plateaued and help you push through and help you stimulate your body in other ways to, to get you to the next level as well and changing up that plan. 
So, yeah, that brings me to a point. The long, slow jump miles, which I did for many, many years, thinking, well, I'm an ultramarathon runner. All i got to do is run slow. I never had any speed anyway, so what's the point of doing interval training? So for, th- for those who are experienced runners, you know, and you do long, slow jump miles, and that's all you do, like day in, day out, one speed, um, which I certainly did for many, many years. It will get you to the finish line. You'll get there, but it's not the most efficient uh, form of training possible. Um, and it wastes a hell of a lot of your time. And it's it's building the stress levels in your body. Your hormones will get take a hit. Your cortisol will be up through the roof. Your adrenaline will be high. What's far better is to knock the mileage back a bit, but to have more quality training. So you're, you're adding different impetus to the body to change so that you're constantly changing it up. You're constantly challenging it in new ways, different energy systems. This is when, you know, you've built that foundation, as I said before, but now you're going to build into it your hill training sessions, your speed work, your interval sessions, your fartlek sessions, all of that good sort of stuff, as well as your cross-training. I'm a real big proponent of cross-training. No matter what your main sport is, you can always benefit from doing other um, types of training to change things up, to keep things fresh, to keep things new for your motivation, but also to train different uh, energy systems and, and um, um, different parts of your body. You know, typically as runners, we have these incredibly strong legs. They're powerful, strong, the tendons are good, the joints are all, you know, rock solid and so on. But the upper body is like a flaccid, you know, you might have a, f- a f- sort of fatty, flaccid tummy or skinny arms or you know this this sort of thing so you need to have balance in the body it's never any good to have unbalanced areas in the body so I think it's really really important and something that we do at running hot coaching and we harp on about a lot is strength training and mobility workouts and both of those things have a major part to play in any training program Um, so mobility workouts this is your stuff like your pilates your your yoga um, but also rehabilitation exercises, foam rolling, getting into the black roll products that we've got, um, the little devices that help you uh, um, trigger release muscles that are tight, this sort of thing. By conditioning the muscles, by releasing the, the, the tight muscles, by using the foam rollers, this sort of things can, you can help avoid injury, help keep full range of motion. And in regards to the strength training, one thing that's really absolutely crucial if you do no other strength work is a really tight, strong core. And by that, I don't mean just your your um, your six-pack. Yeah, that's great if you've got a nice six-pack. But what we are talking about here is your whole central corset, really, which is there to protect your backbone, which is there to help you move properly and efficiently and avoid injury. If you've got a very, if you've got a bad back, like I've got a really bad back, as in stuck discs uh, that are squashed, um, the only way I can keep running is by doing massive amounts of core work, and it really works. It stops um, a whole lot of the pain is, is much less. I don't have the spasms I used to have because I've got a very strong functional core. So this is everything from your quads to, uh, sorry, your, your, your glutes to your hips to your quadratus lumborum to your transverse abdominis, of course your six-pack that we all want anyway. Um, all of these parts of the core are really is crucial that you work on those. So as a runner, don't just think you don't need your core. You need it for things like your digestive process, believe it or not. When you're running and you've got poor posture, 
because your stomach is weak and you're unable to keep your upper body upright as you run the long distances. And I used to terrible, be terrible at this. Uh, I used to be like bent over like a staple after 50, 60 kilometers because I didn't have the upper body strength to keep myself upright. And so my digestion would start to go. My breathing would start to go. My lungs wouldn't be able to inflate properly. Um, all of these things are all influenced by the strength and the endurance of your muscles in your core. So make sure you work those out. Um, by the same token, you want to have really strong quads. You want good hamstrings. You want strong calf muscles. You also want good upper body strength. And I know we don't want bulked up muscles, most of us as runners. Um, you're not going to get bulked up muscles. It's about functional muscles. It's about having a strong upper body so that you can run correctly, so that your posture is good and all of this sort of really important stuff for good running form so that you don't look like a staple running along. Um, so, yeah, we're very big on, on doing uh, form drills and running drills. Uh, I think um, there's a whole lot on our, our website and on my video, my YouTube channel. If you want to go, I've got, I think, over 200 videos on my YouTube channel. If you guys want to check it out, um, just type in Lisa Tarmody. It'll probably come up with my um, YouTube channel there. And there's a whole lot of tutorials that you can download for free or have a look at for free on on different aspects of the running training um, as well as a whole lot of cool documentaries if you want to check that out um, what else have we got here on the list um, is there any point to running on treadmills yeah i i think that treadmills can have this you know if you have access to one can certainly have their place i do all my speed work on treadmills or a lot of my speed work on treadmills can i can control the variables and i control my form very well on a treadmill um i also find it good you know if it's a big storm outside and you don't want to be running in the rain for ages it's also good mental toughness training because it's boring it's boring as hell and you have to um, use your brain to escape the boredom you know go and uh, learn to disassociate go off into your happy place do these sort of things that can really benefit you when you're actually out doing uh, marathons or ultra marathons and doing long distance stuff you know being able to deal with boredom with being able to deal with a lack of um, stimulus is uh, a really important sort of skill you know when you're out on the trails it's gorgeous and, and things are a little bit easier in that respect it's harder in other ways um, but yeah, I, I do think that treadmill training has its place uh, in, this, in the training regime. Um, what else did I want to talk to you about? Oh, shoes. Shoes. Now, I'm not going to recommend any particular style of shoe. I will, however, say just that I've done a, a couple of polls recently on my Facebook and my Instagram um, social media to see what type of shoes people are into. And it was a real mixed bag, which I expected. But Essex did come up uh, way above everyone else, which is interesting. Um, and, you know, I shouldn't say that because I'm a North Face athlete. I'm very proud of it. Um, and I love North Face shoes. Um, but that's what um, the majority of the people did uh, put in there. And then there was, you know, the likes of your Hoka One Ones came up quite high, your Ultras. Um, um, what else came up? Um, I'm not, oh, I won't go into all the details of that, but what I did want you to think about is never skimp on your shoes. I mean, you know, like other sports, are you've got your expensive kayaks, you've got your expensive bikes or whatever, but the shoes are the, the most important thing for a runner. Um, it's a number one piece of equipment, so y y it doesn't pay to buy the cheap shoes because they were on special, but they didn't suit you. 
it's go spend the money go to the likes of the front runner or the shoe clinic where they'll actually do an analysis and see where you're at make sure they're a good experience shop and check out the way you run and also what type of um what type of of terrain that you're going to be running on because if you're into trails then you're going to need a different one if you're into super long distances you're going to need another shoe if you're onto road running or doing shorter distances or you need a super light shoe because you're all about speed um, all of these things can have um, me you need a different type of shoe and you might need two or three to cover all of your bases but you need to be changing your shoes between every six and nine hundred kilometers ideally if you can um, and the biggest mistake I see people making with shoes is buying them too small. So when you go to buy uh, a pair of street shoes, that's a different story. You you buy them to the, the size of your foot, right? But when you go running into a running shoe, they need to be, in my opinion, at least half a size, if not a full size. And sometimes I buy shoes that are up to two sizes bigger if I'm going to a hot desert race. Now, why do this? Because when you are running and you're running in maybe in heat or you're running for a long time, your feet are going to swell quite a lot. You might be shocked at how much your feet's going to swell. You also, what you'll find, um, so you, you might have, they might have fitted you in the, in the running shoe shop, but after 20 k's or 30 k's out on the road on a hot summer's day, your feet are going to be busting through and you're going to be like, you know, you, you, you risk things like... Um, blisters obviously uh, you risk cutting off the circulation at the top of your foot and ending up with shin splints um, there's a whole lot of things that can happen if your shoes are too tight so it's easier to do your shoelaces a bit tighter and pull them in closer it's very hard to let them out uh, once you know you've reached the limit of, of, of letting the shoe out so make sure that they are wide enough and that they're long enough and especially the width department I would say is probably the more important of those um, two aspects so get a good fitting done uh, depending on whether you're pronating or not pronating or whatever you're doing make sure that you go to someone that is qualified to put you into a good pair of shoes and it's uh, really not worth um, you know skimping there um, and another point on that you know there's a lot of debate over the last few years with barefoot running and should we be running in in minimalist shoes or you know the natural running gait was bare feet and uh, my take on that is um, is that if it's not broken don't fix it if you if you haven't got a problem and you're in your shoes and you that you haven't got any problem with your feet why muck around with a system that's functioning if however you're not having success or if you want to uh, move into the more natural running style you know barefoot running or, or close to barefoot running um, do it gradually. You can't go from a highly cushioned shoe straight down to a zero drop or a Vibram five finger or a, or, or a sandal and expect to be able to run the same distances. You've got to gradually build your way into it. And this might seem obvious, but it's not really. Uh, a lot of people do this mistakenly. They you know, got to get all excited about the minimalist shoes and they go and buy some and then run the same amount of kilometres in them as they did before and bang shin splints, Achilles problems, plantar fasciitis, um, all of these sort of dramas can can prop up. Ease your way into it. Every week, a little bit longer in the new shoes. Um, 
and in between working on building up the muscles in your feet you know if you've run around all your life barefoot you're probably going to manage a lot quicker and a lot faster and en- enjoy that transition if you've been you know in in built up shoes all your life take it easy go slowly and build up the strength in your muscles um, <laughs> I always laugh at my dad. He grew up on a, you know, in a very poor family, and he didn't own a pair of shoes until he was thirteen. And his feet are phenomenally strong. I don't think you could break those feet or get plantar fasciitis with those feet, no matter what you did to them, because he's always run around bare feet. Now he runs around in jandals all day. Um, doesn't matter what he's doing, and he has incredibly strong feet. If you if you're one of those lucky, if you if you want to call it that, who develop really strong feet. Um, then then that's great but if you didn't don't go rushing into it and uh, you know getting carried away with yourself Um, changing up your program I think I mentioned it briefly but it's really important to have a cyclic program through the year and not to do back to back to back races and I've seen lots of ultra marathon getters uh, runners get into this cycle of almost going faster 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 more 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 and bang crash burn out um been there done that too and lived to tell the tale and i i try to avoid it now with my athletes i try to get them to, to peak um depending on the distance of race that you're doing and what your goals are but say you you know if, if you're doing ultra marathons or marathons you might only be peaking just twice a year maximum maybe three if you're really really pushing it but no more than that and it should be a phase where you're like you're building up to the race and then you're peaking at the race and then you need your recovery you need to come back down and you need to recover and to cross train and to build yourself don't get go and do you know 100 miler or 100k or a 50k and then next week straight back out and you know into it it's not a good recipe for longevity you can do that a few times and i mean i've done it i've done it for years and i've you know and i've seen lots of others do it but i have seen a lot of us also burn out and have injuries and have immune system problems and have if you're a woman having hormone problems um all of the these sort of problems can happen if you're just pushing too hard too fast you're having successes you're all excited you sign up for the next one and the next one and the next one make sure you have your year planned out try and cycle through do your big race recover then rebuild and then get back into it it also gives you a mental break you need that mental break to keep the passion for the sport alive over the long term you know you might be one of these freaks like Ben Canathis or so on who can go and go and go and go but to be honest 99% of us are never going to be like that and if we try and treat our bodies like that then we're going to pay you know a pretty heavy price um, and on that note I just wanted to speak to the, f- the woman runners out there um, make sure that uh, if you're having real fatigue and um, very very tired get your iron levels checked regularly it's something that I've battled with throughout my career is anemia, runner's anemia. When you're running long distances, we pound the foot uh, on, the, on the pavement or on the road and we actually um, destroy red blood cells. Um, this is also true for men, but it's not usually as drastic um, because we you know, obviously have the, the cycle as well. So make sure if you're starting to feel fatigued and overwhelmed and there's no other explanation for that, like a sickness or a virus or something, check your iron levels and make sure that you're not getting too low and getting topped up if you need to. 
Um, I've had to have quite a few iron infusions over the years and um, you know sometimes that's what it takes to keep you out there if your nutrition's not quite right or you're not absorbing right and if you do take an iron supplement make sure you take a vitamin c to help that with that um, absorption Um, so that's probably it for today just a few quick tips and there's a hundred thousand others i could talk to you about but i hope some of this has provided you with some food for thought or perhaps a reminder about something that you already knew but yet brought it to the fore Um, and if you need help with any of your coaching um, if you with with a specific goal that you've got in mind whether you're an absolute beginner and i don't care if you haven't even run to the letterbox or not yet um, i'd love to help you Um, you can check us out online at runninghotcoaching.com but even just email me with your specific challenge and I'll try to give you some good advice and some good answers so you can reach me on lisa at lisatamati.co.nz and happy to help you uh, might take me a little while to reply I get a lot of my inbox but I'm keen to help people um, reach their potential and enjoy their running careers so thank you very much for listening today i do appreciate it if you had the time and you had the inclination and you enjoy this podcast that i put a lot of effort into and i love doing it um i'd really appreciate you subscribing uh on perhaps on itunes uh or one of the other apps that you listen to your podcasts on and rating and reviewing if you possibly can that would be fantastic it helps the show get more exposure and gets more ears listening to the good content Um, i've got some fantastic people i really try to get valuable interviews uh, with great people who give us um, valuable insights that really can help benefit you in your daily life all around the themes of health about fitness of science breakthroughs Um, so thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again soon